If you want a bandwagon to jump onto, what about the Brook Lopez All-Star bandwagon? That might be one that I want to attach myself to. Brook Lopez was sensational with 29 points, seven threes, the defense. He was doing it all. And the Bucks perhaps unexpectedly beat the Cavs at home. Extremely short-handed. Jordan Wara was great. Uh, there was little contributors all over for the Bucks tonight. But all in all, in blue, fun was had at Fiserv Forum. Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. Good for Giannis at the buzzer. Bucks win Monday to Friday, and also find my work over at ESPN. And alongside me, going back to back, it's Camille Davis on the post game show from the Technical Foul Podcast from Locked On Bucks. Uh, you all know Camille by now. And we're going to talk about a Bucks win over the Cavs. They moved to 11 and 3, tied in the loss column with the Boston Celtics at the top of the Eastern Conference. But before we get into it, we have to, of course, thank you for making Locked On Bucks your first watch or first listen of every single day we really appreciate it you guys know that you can wake up on a monday through friday a show is going to be there for you to jump on and either listen to it or if you're a real sicko look at our faces on youtube on the tv wherever you do it but we appreciate it make sure you subscribe jump in the comments particularly after a win like tonight on youtube and let us know what you liked because there was plenty to like from this bucks team that had some unfamiliar lineups Camille shall we say I don't want to bury the lead but we'll start with Brooke Lopez then we'll get into the lineups but all the guys that we spoke about were out there was a tease of a Pat Connaughton return that didn't happen Wesley Matthews was out Grayson Allen was out and then the usuals Drew Holiday Chris Middleton Joe Ingles who am I missing I'm probably missing someone no one was playing but thank (laughs) goodness Brooke Lopez was Absolutely. And coming into this game, looking at the injury report, as you mentioned, no Wes, no Drew, (laughs) no Grayson, no Pat, and then, of course, no Chris and no Joe Ingles. I was sitting here, I was like, what wings and guards do we actually even have left at this point if we don't have these guys playing? And the Bucks countered by going with a super jumbo lineup for most of the game. I mean, we were seeing lineups with, you know, they started with Brooke. Giannis and Bobby out there. We saw lineups with Serge out there. Like, it, I mean, it was three bigs out there for a majority of the game, which um, helped feel their rebounding because they out-rebounded the Cavaliers big time um, in this game, which I think helped feel the offense. And coming into this game, too, thinking about the offense and how many struggles they've had, if you would have told me that Giannis would have had the game that he had and the Bucks would have still won this game with all the people who I mentioned were out, I would have been like, how? But as you mentioned, the lead here is Big Brooke Lopez coming through with the 29 points tonight. Seven to nine from three. He almost tied his Bucks record of eight threes in the game, which mm. I believe is second uh, in Bucks history. I forget. I know Ray Allen hit 10 in the game before and someone else. I'll have to double check on that. But uh, Brooke just, I mean, the Bucks would have been lost out at sea without Brooke from the offensive contributions that he was able to make to what he was able to bring defensively to the team as well. 
Um, the Cavaliers not having Jared Allen out there, of course, helped the Bucks in that rebounding battle in those jumbo lineups. But again, having some versatile defenders out there, uh, it, it worked out somehow, some way, some shape, some form. Um, those three big lineups were, were were pretty good at fueling the team today. It was almost like giving the Cavs a little bit of a taste of their own medicine. We've seen uh, last year, for instance, they were going with uh, Allen, Mobley, and was it Markkinen? Markkinen, who was, yeah. who was at the Cavs? It was Markkinen at the Cavs. He's doing crazy things with the Jazz this year, but it was Markkinen. So they were going with the big lineups. And then, as you mentioned, they can sort of have Kevin Love go through there. So we'll get into the matchups a bit, but just this Brook Lopez stuff to continue because uh, you mentioned the franchise record. So I've got it here. So Ray Allen did knock down 10. Uh, back in 2002, Michael Red hit nine in, in a game, uh, also in 2002. It's crazy to think that the two franchise record for individual three-point games happened in 2002 when the threes weren't even you know as heavily right. featured as they are in the game right now. And then I'll, I've got a little trivia for you. So Bobby Portis has hit eight in a game. Uh, Brooke Lopez hit eight in a game, uh, of course, in Denver when Splash, uh, Splash Mountain was founded. Is that what we call it? Established? Established. And then uh, Chris Middleton uh, hit eight in a game. And who was the other player that hit eight in a game? I don't know if... I do uh, I do know this oh, because I, I did goodness. see this. And when I saw uh, who it was, I got really excited because okay. he was one of my favorite players um, during the some of the red and green times. Skulls. Carlos <laughs> Delfino. Yes, shout out to Scott Skulls. He was probably coaching that game. I'm not sure. When was that? 2011. Maybe not. The Bucks had a lot of coaches through... Uh, that era, but Carlos Del Torino, shout out to him wherever he is in the world right now. But uh, look, Brooke Lopez, and so the question I want to throw to you right now, because it was the defense as well. So the third quarter, he's banging down all those threes, but there was three or four possessions in a row where Lamar Stevens, I felt like he was just about to check himself out of the game because he's like, I can't keep embarrassing myself anymore by trying to score over Brooke Lopez. Only credited with three blocks in this game, but uh, we've spoke about it. 16 points thereabouts per game on offense, which is well above anything he's produced with the Bucks uh, in his career over the last four seasons. Has to be in serious contention right now. He'd have to be a top three finalist for defensive player of the year. So is there any argument that on current pace, given Drew Holiday's missed some games and started off a little bit scratchy, Chris Milton hasn't played at all, that Brook Lopez is at least staking an early claim for his second All-Star appearance. I feel like at this point, it would be unrealistic to say that he's not. Uh, when yes. you look at, what, like, honestly, what he's been able to do and what the Bucks have been able to do as one of the top teams in the East, uh, Brooke has been a staple of the Bucks' success at this point. Like, the defensive scheme works because Brooke Lopez is absolutely fantastic at doing his job, even with the tweaks that they've made to it this year with, uh, with guys staying a little bit closer to shooters, not overhelping as much, and leaving Brooke on a little bit more of an island than what he had been seeing before, and he's still producing. Although he was only credited with three blocks tonight, he affected so many other shots. It's just so difficult to, to shoot over him consistently. And you look at the defense, and we all know that like defensive player of the year, he should probably be in some of those talks as well at this point. And then you look at what he's been able to do offensively so far this year, um, Eric Name with The Athletic posted a great article about how Brooke was taking his three-point shooting seriously over the summer and some of the ways that he was uh, attempting to get better at shooting with that NOAA system. So seeing him knock down seven threes tonight, 
seeing mm-hmm. him able to pace the Bucks. I mean, even outside of tonight, just what he's been able to do, scoring the ball even inside of the arc. Like he's just been able to have um, some more opportunity to to show not necessarily like he's Brooklyn Brook, uh, but this Brook Lopez is a valuable piece to what the Bucks are doing. Without his scoring contributions, especially with all the injuries we've been having, um, the Bucks record would be uh, it would not be eleven and three right now. I can tell you that. No, he's been sensational, particularly because coming into the season, we were curious about what he was going to look like uh, when you're approaching you. I'll say a, approaching your mid thirties. I think that's. I don't think that's offensive if Brooke is listening to this. I, I think that's a fair comment. I think that's the reality. Approaching his mid thirties, uh, you have major back surgery. It's unclear how you're going to return for that, but but I do wonder this back. It's kind of a mysterious injury. We've never got any exact or, or clear details about it all, and I wonder whether it was just maybe it was something he was carrying for a long time, and maybe he's actually feeling better than he has in multiple years because he certainly looks to be moving okay. I thought the Cavs early in this game, if we talk about the defense, you know, they scored 37 points in the first quarter. I thought they were hitting some extremely tough shots. Uh, but they were also running some pretty effective offense. And you saw with Darius Garland and Donovan Mitchell, particularly in the pick and roll, they were able to get uh, Evan Mobley free for one with a little pocket pass. He kind of threw it down. I'm reluctant to call it a poster on Giannis because Giannis was you know, partially just trying to get out of the way. But you don't see that a lot where uh, guards from the opposition are able to pick apart the Brook Lopez and Giannis defense. So if you had have asked me that the whether it was possible the Bucks would keep the Cavs to under 100 points when they gave up 37 in the first quarter, I probably, uh, not probably, I definitely would have said no. But outside of Brooke, there were some other fun contributors in this game. Uh, Jordan Wara probably deserves some credit for some of his shot making. So we'll get to Jordan Wara and some of the other players in this game uh, as we continue to move through this podcast. But first, uh, as I... I do my best here to try and actually see what I'm looking for. This is what I'll tell you what, this is a professional operation we're running here, Camille. Uh, but this episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. Give online therapy a try at betterhelp.com uh, slash locked on and get your way uh, to being your best self. And uh, listen, I, I can say this from personal experience. As, as you get older, you probably come to the realization, Camille, that uh, talking to people can can certainly help. Now, I definitely went through the phase in my life where you try and be a hero and it's just not necessary. And uh, unfortunately, life doesn't come with a user manual. So when it's not working for you, it's normal to feel a little bit stuck. Navigating any of life's challenges can make you feel unsure. Whether it's a career change, I can relate to that one. A new relationship or becoming a parent, I can't relate to that one. Therapists are trained to help you figure out the cause of challenging emotions and learn productive coping skills which makes therapy the closest thing to a guided tour of the complex engine called you. As the world's largest therapy service, BetterHelp has matched 3 million people with professionally licensed and vetted therapists available 100% online, plus it's affordable. So just fill out a brief questionnaire to match with a therapist. If things aren't clicking, you can easily switch to a new therapist at any time. It couldn't be any simpler. So there's no waiting rooms, no traffic, no endless searching for the right therapist. Learn more and save uh, 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash locked on NBA. That's betterhelp, H E L P.com slash locked on NBA. Uh, also, check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast. Uh, plenty of sports news going on and uh, plenty of other news around the NBA as well. So they'll have you covered in all that. And uh, 
I would like to think they would mention Brook Lopez as an all-star, but they they also uh, might get not get to that. So as we get back to this game, midway through the second quarter, Camille, the Bucks are down by 10. I mentioned that the Cavs are scoring at will. And I was thinking to myself, this is probably following the script that I thought was going to occur, just looking at the lineups. And sure, there's no Jared Allen for the Cavs, but I don't think the losses for either team are very comparable here. I think that the Bucks certainly had the the more shorthanded lineup. And I thought if you're going to look for a game where how you can stay in it, it's energy, it's scrapping. And you mentioned the rebounds, but I thought the offensive rebounds in particular was an area during that second quarter where the Bucks were able to generate some second opportunities. They were able to stay in the game. And that's where I thought guys like Bochamp and even AJ Green had uh, a couple of offensive rebounds there. Marjan Bochamp ended with four offensive rebounds and he didn't shoot the ball well. And we've spoken a lot about Bochamp the last couple of days and how his shooting can be streaky. And he certainly looks like a confident shooter. But I think overall, if we keep talking about Bochamp, this was exactly what we spoke about on yesterday's podcast, Camille, where you want to see how he holds up in different environments, in different matchups. And tonight, he's a defensive assignment for the majority of the night was Donovan Mitchell. And then if he wasn't on Donovan Mitchell, he was guarding Darius Garland. So this is this is really fun stuff. And I thought that, again, tonight, not his best night, but I still thought he was impact, impactful in little ways. And overall, I thought the energy of those guys, Mamu had some nice minutes there as well. All these guys that hadn't got a lot of minutes kept the Bucks in it when it was looking like it might have uh, gone the other way. And that's what you hope for, that even if the shot is not falling, you're able to affect the game in other ways. And Marjan was an example of that. He had a very tough defensive assignment <laughs> trying to stop that backcourt in particular. That's a real welcome to the NBA moment for a rookie. Like, I don't care how talented you are. Like, Donovan Mitchell is a bucket. Darius Garland, first 50-point game in the NBA this season. Like, these are two guys who know how to score. I mean, uh, Mitchell had 16 in the first quarter alone. So, it seemed as if it was going to be a very long night there, but Marjan kept the energy up. He kept trying. He kept hustling. And I believe at some point, too, uh, they kind of switched Javon Carter more so onto that Donovan Mitchell yeah. assignment, which gave him some fits as well. So it's a team sport. So you hope that even if the shot's not falling, like Marjan, one for eight from the field tonight, tonight 0 for three from, from three, um, affect the game in other ways. He was still plus seven. We know plus minus, you know, ratings, taking what a grain of salt, but – uh, he was able to still contribute in a healthy way for the team here. And on top of that, too, I mean, Jordan Wara came out and he really showed up. And as we've talked about before, um, the minutes battle, so so to speak, between Marjan and between Jordan Wara. Um, there have been calls for, you know, Marjan to get Jordan's minutes from some Bucks Twitter and seeing how they're playing and seeing how the season was unfolding for him. And Jordan had a few rough games, some some rough outings there. So it was really nice to be able to see him have a pretty good game on both sides of the ball here, scoring 21 points. The only other Buck player to score over 20 points besides Brooke Lopez. Who would have thought? Jordan Warren and Brooke Lopez leading scorers tonight. But uh, Jordan came through. He did his thing, got a timely steal. He was playing defense. He was hustling. It didn't seem as if the game was too fast for him. He just took what the game was giving him and contributed the way that he could. Uh, even Serge Ibaka, I mean – he came out and had some pretty decent minutes tonight, too. And again, in those jumbo jumbo lineups. So uh, it was a team win, honestly and truly, because as mentioned a little bit earlier, 
Um, wasn't necessarily the greatest game from Giannis, but again, you affect the games in other ways. And a not great game from Giannis was a near triple-double. 16 points, 12 rebounds, 8 assists, uh, only shooting 6 from 18 from the field. And again, the rest of the team had to kind of pick him up a little bit on that scoring front. But um, it was a real fun one to watch how a lot of these other guys came and stepped up, brought energy. It wasn't like that Atlanta game where it's like the Bucks kind of get punched a little bit in the mouth. And it's like, I'm not exactly sure if they're going to be able to overcome this. Um, the Cavs kept coming, but the Bucks kept coming too in this game, which was really, really nice to see. Um, as you mentioned, they were down by 10 in the second, ended up going into overtime or into halftime up by one, and then completely took off in the third quarter. Um, that third quarter was amazing to watch. I'm not sure why some of the Cavaliers were leaving Brooke open at that point um, in the game, but third quarter was big. Fourth quarter, the Cavaliers punched back a little bit more, but the Bucks held strong and um, it was a real good team win for them. So the Jordan Wara stuff, if we drill down into this a little bit more, because this, this is interesting to me. So he did tonight, and it's hard because he's, he has had a tough start to the season shooting the ball. And ultimately, that's how he's going to be judged, whether he's playing mm-hmm. well or not playing well. Because I think even tonight, and we saw a couple of, like to end the third, uh, sorry, to end the first half and to end the third quarter, there was just in plays where it's like, okay, just get Giannis the ball and you probably got a bucket to finish the quarter. And you could see that he was frustrated. He was trying to do the right thing. He wasn't able to do it. So he, he still, his value to this team is as a scorer. And and sometimes we get people that listen to the show and say, geez, you're harsh on Jordan Wara. You cut him some slack. But it's just looking at what his skill set is and where it fits in this team. And it's as a scorer. So tonight you've got exactly what you get in a perfect scenario because he hits the five threes out of his six shots so you think about it you say I I agree with you I thought he had some good moments getting his hands in deflections he had that one play where he stripped Mm -hmm. I think it was Stevens going to the basket off his knee so again I don't think effort necessarily has been a problem defensively for Jordan it's just whether he's he's ever going to be that above average defender but tonight on a night where you needed some extra scorers and you needed some people to knock down threes particularly in the first quarter where again the Cavs were threatening to get away with the game War had 10 points in that first quarter. He he had the perfect game for him, the perfect Jordan War role-playing game. Again, is he capable of having a really good game where he doesn't score? And and so that's 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 why long term, and that's why I think some of the best games you've seen Jordan War have have been when other players haven't been playing. Because all of a sudden he gets a more featured role on offense. He can score a little bit more. So again. I think he's an NBA player and I think he's an NBA caliber scorer. We've seen it enough. I just, it's not bashing Jordan Wara. It's not criticizing him on a night where he was really, really damn good and really, really important. It's just the reality that his life as a scorer is going to be difficult because you're going to see people judge him by whether or not his shots go in. And then it's like, where does he land as a three point shooter moving forward? So it's an interesting conversation, but they needed him tonight and he was awesome. And I thought it was just cool to see him smiling. Yeah. Sometimes sometimes he's felt like you watch him and he's under pressure. Maybe he's he's not enjoying himself that much, but tonight he was having fun, which is a cool thing. Absolutely. Went up and caught a nice lob tonight, knocked down. Okay, now food. let's talk about that. I I don't remember. So he's thrown down dunks before. Yeah. But he never really strikes you as the most athletic guy. But the two-hand lob finish, that that caught me by surprise. It was beautiful. It was fun. At that point, it was like, okay, the Bucks are really hooping tonight. Like, 
when yeah. they got that alley oop off, that's when I said, okay, they're they're hooping right now. Yeah. Like the, things are just going well right now. All right, today's episode is also brought to you by. And by the way, we're going to talk about uh, Giannis here in a second because I think there's a conversation to be had about Giannis. He had uh, good moments tonight, but across the course of the season, we've seen him not be able to finish the way we. Uh, we've come to expect by his own lofty standards. So we'll get to Giannis in just a second, but today's episode is brought to you uh, by Sweatblock. And I was talking, when I was talking about Sweatblock, I was talking about my trip to New Zealand last week, but what I neglected to say is that I also don't really love flying. I mean, you may say, that's kind of crazy, Ken. You flew to Milwaukee a billion times. You're flying all over, going to all these games, but I don't love it. Definitely, yeah, you get a bit of turbulence, Camille, and I'm going to be sweating. There's no doubt about that. It got a little bit rough on this flight to New Zealand there for for a little while. And I was thinking to myself, rather than having the couple of drinks that I have normally to try and calm the nerves, why don't I just have some sweat block? Probably better uh, for my health, uh, I would suggest. So if you or you know someone uh, that is experiencing embarrassing sweat or odor, I don't know about the odor part. I have to ask other people, but uh, they should try sweat block. You can save 20% with the promo code locked on at sweatblock.com. Uh, also available on Amazon, where it's been a bestseller for the past 10 years with over 10K five-star reviews. So don't miss this opportunity to try Sweatblock. Uh, save 20% off with the promo code locked on at sweatblock.com, also available on Amazon. All right, let's talk a bit of Giannis here. I've had a few people tweet at me their concerns about where he's at. Why is he missing these shots? Why doesn't he seem to have the touch? Is he injured? Is he sore? Uh, you mentioned the 16 points tonight, six for 18 from the field, uh, four for 11 from the free throw line. Look, the, the free throw stuff, this is an ongoing story and you know, potentially there's some fatigue stuff there. I'm not sure. This is, uh, I'm not going to try and dive into the free throw stuff right now, but you know, just watching this game tonight, to me, there was a stage in the first quarter where the Bucks started to t- started to score a little bit, and Steve Novak said, "Geez, the paint is open all of a sudden." I said, "Well, I thought to myself, well, it's not hard to understand why the paint is open all of a sudden. It's because Giannis is on the bench. Because when Giannis was on the floor, with the lineups that the Bucks had out there, with Bochamp, Carter, uh, Bobby Portis, those guys can shoot. 